0: Welcome to the Green Heart Living Podcast with your host, Elizabeth Hill.
1: I'm very pleased to um, be talking with Colleen Brunetti today. Uh, We are doing a series of um, lives and um, uh, presentations on how to write a book. Um, in honor of uh, November being National Novel Writing Month. We're expanding that to be any kind of book that you want to write during the course of November, that this can be a great opportunity to kind of dive in. Uh, so we are talking with experts in the field of different genres. So Colleen Brunetti has helped Greenheart Living Press with so many different things. She has helped us with our marketing. With our cover design, with expanding the, our, the reach of our books, um, getting in that coveted uh, bestseller status on Amazon. Um, and her experience is in writing personal books for adults, personal development books for adults. Um, sharing her inspirational stories, as well as writing children's books and publishing children's books. Um, So Colleen, can you share with us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and the books that you've released? Sure. So I am Colleen Brunetti.
0: I hail from Connecticut and um, mother of two who are just now turned seven and 15. Uh, So I have a crazy span between my kids, which keeps life very interesting. Um, (laughs) Last year I launched a kindergartner and a high schooler in the middle of COVID. Um, So it's a little bit of a big deal. No biggie. Um, Yeah. So I started writing, I want to say it was five or six years ago that I got my first book out, which was for adults. And it was, is called Defining the New Normal, A Guide to Becoming More Than Your Diagnosis. And uh, not very closely held secret is it was actually a series of um, repurposed blog posts that I reworked into a book It's a great way
1: to write a book. It's a great way to write
0: a book. (laughs) I had been blogging for a couple of years about a chronic illness that I face. And people kept saying, you should write a book. And I kept saying, I don't want to write a book. (laughs) And then it turned out I wanted to write a book. So (laughs) um, I took a publishing class and worked uh, worked a lot of those blogs into chapters and then added a whole bunch more, researched everything out and really fell in love with the self-publishing process. However, my professional background is in children's literature, so I uh, worked, my undergrad is in special ed, elementary ed, and communications. My master's is in children's literacy, and then I have a postgraduate certification as a reading specialist, and I love kids' books. I always have. I made it my first career, and because self-publishing was so much fun, albeit very stressful the first time around. Oh, yes! I thought I want to do kids' books. So I did my first kids' book actually as a class project for a parent leadership class I was taking. And then um branched out and did two more after that. So I'm four books in with a few more on the back burner, and I uh, don't think I'll be stopping anytime soon.
1: <laughs> we get the bug, right? We just you do, do you do publish <laughs> one.
0: Um you know, you have to buy your ISBNs for your book, right? And so you can buy one or you can buy 10. I tell everybody, buy the 10, you're going to end up using them. <laughs> so
1: I followed that advice from you and I recently bought a hundred. So yeah, it's it's right? a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> you get the bug. Um, so there's so much that we can learn from you, Colleen, as far as publishing books of all different of different types, right? Um, and I know that many many of our authors have really benefited from working with you um, in that way. Today, I want to really focus in on the children's books um, and get get really deep into that. So, I'm I'd like to know one thing that you know people. I think a good starting point is to look at okay, you set about to write a children's book, right? What? are people looking for when they're going to buy them, right? Like what, what does the public want? Um, What, what are some thoughts that you have on that?
0: So I will tell you first, the same thing that I tell kids when I do school visits, a great author writes about what they know, Hmm. because you can put your heart and soul into it and you can do your own story best. You're the only one who can tell your story. So let that be step one, right? Get rid of any self-doubt, write about what you know, write about what you love if you have children in your life, whether they're children of your own or other people's kids that you love, they often will offer a variety of ideas for kids books just from their antics. And that absolutely has been the case with mine. Um, my, all three of mine are, you know, inspired by my own children. And, um, then there's there's a lot of sort of conventional knowledge about what goes into a good kid's book that I kind of like to challenge. So the first is one I actually agree with is that kids love humor. So the whole book doesn't have to be humorous, but if you can get some really funny parts in there, children are going to be much more drawn to it. So that's number one. Uh, Number two is one I like to challenge a little bit. You'll find a lot of people saying, especially in the self-published world, oh, self-published books are so preachy or don't preach directly at a child or try to like overly teach a lesson. And while I think that sentiment is good, part of my job as a marketer is to understand what sells. And I can tell you without a doubt that books that teach morals and values, even in a very direct way, are killing it in the book world right now as are humorous books, Uh, fart books, very big. (laughs) Lots of best-selling fart books out there. Unicorn books, very big. Um, If you're
1: looking to- Farts and unicorns, you put them together. Golden.
0: <laughs> I know there's a farting snowman. I know there's a gassy goat. I'm pretty sure there's a farting unicorn. <laughs> oh, <goodness. laughs> um, so there's plenty of room for both. I think is the message. Um, when I look at books that are doing really well, and I'm talking the top one or two thousand on Amazon out of millions and millions, um, there's a mix of humorous books and there's a mix of books that really do teach direct morals and values. Um, so I would say. If you have a lesson you want to teach, don't let people deter you by saying, oh, those books don't sell, because they absolutely do. Um, And then number three in children's books, and this one's a little dicier, is books that rhyme. So rhyming itself, relatively easy, cat, hat, tree, bee, not really hard to do. Most people can come up with a rhyme. What is very, very challenging is to get your meter correct and that is the combination and the pattern of stressed and unstressed syllables. And it's what gives a rhyming book its rhythm. da, 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 Or whatever Dr. Seuss has pulled off, right? <laughs> um, really hard to do. I write in rhyme. I don't publish in rhyme until it's gone through a gazillion edits and through the hands of a editor who specifically specializes in rhyme and meter, because I absolutely need them to get it right. Um, So people often will bring me books that are already done or in process and I'll look at the rhyme and go, you're not ready yet. I know you think you are, but it will show up in Amazon reviews. Teachers and kids will notice if they're reading it out loud or hearing it out loud. If the meter isn't perfect, it will trip you up. In self-publishing, writing and rhyme, if you do all the things right, totally doable. If you want to go traditional, a lot of traditional publishers don't pick up rhyming books partially because the meter is so difficult and partially because it doesn't translate well into other languages if they want to go international.
1: Interesting.
0: So things to keep in mind. Um, if you're not naturally inclined to write in rhyme, I usually try to steer people away for their first book just to, to work on prose.
1: Cool, thank you. Um, yeah. So when people do set out to write the book, what are some things that they need to keep in mind when they're doing the writing part of it?
0: So economy of words is a really big one. People are often surprised when I say writing my first, I think 240 page fully referenced book for adults was ultimately easier than writing my three to 500 word manuscript. And that is because you have so much to fit in into so few words. Because you have to keep in mind the developmental level of your audience and that is small children and their attention spans. And so you cannot go on and on and on. There's a lot of show don't tell that needs to happen. And there's a lot that you have to think about relying on your illustrator for. So while some descriptions have value, if you are pairing with a really talented illustrator, they're going to be able to tell a ton about the setting and the emotion and the character development in your story without you ever putting a word to paper. Mm -hmm. So when you go to write, don't worry about word count the first time, just get your story out and then be ready to just slash, 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 slash (laughs) to get it way, way down. The other thing to think about is that a traditional children's book has a 32 page count. And that includes your end pages and your title page. So it's actually about 28 pages most often. Um, And so you're gonna wanna think about where your words go on each page. And again, this can come after you've you've written and edited a couple of times, but layout is really important. And you're gonna think about where the page turns happen as far as the action and suspense and giving enough information. So when I get to that point, I print out a book template of the pages and I start plugging in where my words are long before I see an illustrator or do my own illustrations. Um, or I'll even write out those pages and then write my stanzas per page and kind of use that as like a backwards guidepost to make sure everything's mm. um kind of stays on track. Now, if you're self publishing, there are no hard and fast rules other than what your printer gives you for page count. So that usually has to be divisible by two or four pages. And so if you want a 40 page book, you can have a 40 page book, but you have to go back to that
1: developmental level of your audience and make sure you're not going too far. Great. Um, so I, I know a lot of times I have people come to me that have a concept for a book, but they don't have an illust, or they've written parts of it, or maybe even the whole thing, but they don't have an illustrator and, or they have, yeah, they're just looking for an illustrator. Um, what do we tell them? What, what should they do?
0: So I think it's a multi-step thing. So first of all, yeah. you have to have a little bit of a vision of the style you want. And so I always suggest to people a couple of steps for that. The first is to go ahead and make like a Pinterest vision board of images that speak to you. Um, Spend time either in a bookstore or in a library, just perusing children's books. What do you like about illustrations? What do you not? What styles do you like? Like a soft watercolor? Do you like more of a hard edge digital look? What kind of works for you style wise? And just sort of start compiling that spend a lot of time on sites like Instagram, looking at children's book artists and (laughs) categorizing, putting them into a folder, you know, or saving pictures of what they do because I love what what their work is. I might wanna reach out and work with them someday or show it to an artist I am hiring and say, can you do something like in around this style? So step one, vision. Step two is budget. Um, This is where children's books and books for adults vary wildly. Uh, books for adults, you're going to be spending probably the bulk of your developmental budget on editing and some on cover design. Children's books, almost everything's going to be going to your illustrator. A good artist is worth their weight in gold. They absolutely should be compensated for their skill, time, and talent. And ideally, you're probably going to run in the three dollars to $5,000 range for top illustrations. It's worth investing in because it's a picture book. So as brilliant as your words and your message may be, if the pictures don't quite literally sell it to your audience, the book's not gonna go very far.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So uh, a lot of people will try to go to sites like Fiverr and bargain hunt their illustrators. Generally don't recommend it. You can find cheap illustrations. They often look like cheap illustrations at the end. And there's a a lot of pirating that happens, a lot of clip art that happens. So if you are going to go searching in that direction, you're going to want to be reverse Google imaging um, Mm -hmm. things from their portfolio, making sure they're not picked up from somewhere else. Um, I have seen it happen to too many authors where they just get taken for a ride uh, by trying to go the cheap way. So plan to invest in your artists. They're absolutely worth it. And is there any, if,
1: if someone comes, so this, I'm surprised that this hasn't really come to me yet, um, but people that are, is a, someone that's a writer and somebody that's an illustrator that are actually partnering together. I know that you have done this. Like, is there any advice that you have for people that are in that situation? Um, it's usually cleaner to have a
0: contract with your illustrator and pay them outright. The margins on children's book sales are very small. Um, you can absolutely see great success. You might not see it on your first book. You might see it on your first and second book and not see it on your third. So to promise a certain outcome to an artist who has put all the work in up upfront, um, and we're talking dozens and dozens of hours to illustrate a book for revenue split, it's really not fair to them quite often, not to say that you can't do it with a close friend or someone that you have an agreement with, someone who's willing to take a risk with you if they know that it is a risk. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally I do try to steer people towards uh, just an outright contract.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even, even with friends, it's very good to have things in writing so that, yeah, so that, you know, disagreements don't happen or things, right, it's just better. Um okay, so I know we talked a little bit about this before, but I think it's worth looking at again is editing because I know people don't want they're like it's a kid's book, I don't need to edit, I don't need edit. Right. Um, so I can would we hardly, say this again. <laughs> I would hardly time. agree. <laughs>
0: uh, so we you know we covered the rhyming editing in, in pretty yes. good detail a little bit earlier, but even if you're writing in prose, if you're just telling a story it's really worth your time to get through at least one editor, if not two, who specialize in children's books because there is a story arc that works and then there are arcs that don't. Um, so you can easily fall into maybe not building in enough suspense or there are places where you could throw the humor in and, and you haven't yet. Um, a lot of times editors will tell me that children's books can fall into the like too syrupy category, <laughs> they're like too sweet. Um, I have a book on, um, it's, we'll call it a book for a wished for child. So my daughter came to us through adoption. And I have a story I'm working on about that love and need for a child uh, when your family is growing in a different way than the traditional you give birth way. And my editor came back to me and she said, this almost got too syrupy, but you put in some angst, for one character <laughs> that like broke it up. <laughs> I was like, okay, good. <laughs> we need a little angst <laughs> A little lengths, Um, To find that balance. <laughs> but she, you know, in pointing that out to me, that was that was very valuable, right? Like I didn't just focus on the like, build your family story, but like try to sort of acknowledge the hard parts too.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I know as a kid, when I look back at the books that I loved the most as a kid, I'm like, whoa, these got dark, you know, but kids, they, want that i mean that's part of life and so when people are when kids are looking things that resonate with kids they're not like these little sweet little things always that you know it's real life resonates with kids with humor kids kids appreciate truth right they can they can kind of see through the (laughs) yeah they're like (laughs) unless it's a unicorn then that's fine um yes (laughs) Um, so I know we wanted to talk about cover design for this too, because I know you, and you've helped us get, um, really great clarity on, um, covers. I know when I look back at now covers I did at the beginning, I'm like, oh my, so I'm actually redoing one of my first one ever. Um, but, um, not of children's book, but I think this conversation applies to any kind of genre. Um, and You can talk about specifically children's books. Um, I think this will be helpful for folks. Sure. Yeah,
0: Yeah. so I probably can't preach this enough how important it is because the saying is never judge a book by its cover baloney. Everyone judges a book by its cover, and that's what gets (laughs) them to click if they're online shopping or pick up as they're walking by a shelf. It's got to be eye catching. Yeah. Because so much book buying happens online now, it has to be eye-catching on a flat screen this big. Very different psychological visual experience than picking up a book on the shelf at a bookstore.
1: Uh So
0: a lot of thought has to go into cover design. And when you're talking about children's books, that design may not come from your artist. Maybe it shouldn't come from your artist. It really depends on if your artist has a graphic design background or not as well. Um, That really matters. So you may end up wanting to hire a cover designer or a book formatter for the internal as well in addition to, to your artist. So let's talk about what works and what doesn't because I actually use my own books as examples because it actually kind of shows you the, The growth that I've made as I've learned more over the last several years. So, this is my first cover for Aiden the Wonder Kid. I love this cover. I love the action, I love the expression of the dog, the kind of humor of like drop kicking a pizza. Well, he has allergies, (laughs) right? So, he's allergic to, to dairy and wheat in the book. And so, he's like fighting back against these allergies, right? All of that works great. What does not work great is the size of the title. So if I were to start from scratch, knowing what I know now, I would take all of these elements, shrink them down and throw this title at least this top third. Yep, right. Okay. So there's an example of like, we kind of got there, but there was room for growth. Mm-hmm. All right, second book and PIP two, you can see what I learned. Yep, <laughs> Big two. two. <laughs> <laughs> Couple of things that I am redoing this cover. This cover, um, this book is not doing as well as I would like uh, in sales. It does great in person. People really enjoy it, Um, get great reviews, but it's not catching people's attention online. So I need to go back to the drawing board. Beauty of self-publishing, I can just do that, right? (laughs) Um, So title works great. Mm Bold, you know exactly what it says. Uh, As far as design, I'm not sure the words on the title are working great might actually end up with a title redo Mm. on this one. might end up being Pip joins in, we'll see. Uh, But what's not working is the image. Mm. So the book is about a little sister who joins her brother through his activities during the day and she trashes them because, not because she's mean but because she like wants to be a part of what he's doing and she just messing it up. Um, (laughs) And then they come together in the end in a really, really sweet way. Uh, But I don't know that that's really translating here on this cover. I think this one needs a redo. So the one we're working on, she's peeking through a door, Mm. ready to join him as he plays an instrument. Um, So she's actually going to be joining in some action. There's not a lot of action going on on this book. So this one should be a complete redo. All right. And then share a little kindness is my self-illustrated book. This one nailed it. Nailed Um. it. But uh, I will tell you, I spent more time on this cover than I did on four or five pages internally combined, like just suffered over this cover (laughs) and had a lot of really valuable input from people who are way smarter than I am with graphic design. Um, Big, bold title, solid colors, a little bit of action, and everything just draws you right in to the center and kind of reflects what's happening with the main theme of the book. So this one works really well. It is by far my bestseller. Um, and I'm convinced that it's the cover and also it teaches lessons overtly. <laughs> I miss, <laughs> Yes. It's translating very well. So, uh, that's, yeah, that's sort of the, uh, the journey I've taken on, on cover design on my own. Um, but those concepts definitely apply
1: across the board. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, and I know, Another discussion is talking about marketing and like all of like, how do we actually go into book sales? But we'll save that for another day. Um, Is there anything else you wanna share around layout? I know there's different, especially if you're tackling it yourself, like I don't don't know if there's anything that you wanna share with people around actually designing or laying out the internal of a book or do you really recommend that they hire someone to put it together?
0: It kind of depends on your incoming skill level Um, So there's a lot of book templates online. You can just like Google in picture book layout. There's one that I pull every time. And um, so even though I do all my artwork digitally and the artist, um, Dan Karsten, who did the first two books that are just, the illustrations are just so fantastic. um, Pip is digital and Wonder Kid was um, done with traditional mediums. Um, Even if you're working digital you should probably print out some paper (laughs) and at least like do some mock-up sketches or move things Mm -hmm. around. I'm still Mm -hmm. very old school, hands-on. I do everything. All my art is digital, but my layout, I actually work out with pencil and paper beforehand. Um, And I would say layout and um, getting your words onto your pictures is something that you could maybe bargain shop a little bit more than you might bargain shop your illustrator. but I will say that if you um, if you work with a really talented graphic designer or layout artist, Dan does both. Um, like you can just have so much fun oh. with the text inside, right? Like this. Like is how fun that is! Yes. <laughs> and, and he did this everywhere, right? So this book is great for early literacy. Um, the word is tall. This word is falling down. <laughs> you can find someone with a little creativity. Um, again, my first book, like we didn't know what we didn't know as much, it's not as interesting. Anybody can do this, right? So mm-hmm. investing in someone who can create this um, is, is worth it. Um, and we learn together between books one
1: and two, and you yes. can see the difference. Yeah. Y'all <laughs> we learn. Uh, well, thank you so much for sh- sharing your personal growth, like that's interesting to see. Um, and it's, and it also demonstrates just how, like, why wouldn't you ask, so, like work with somebody that has already been through the ropes instead of suffering through it yourself, right? Like you can, right? Like I've self-published you so we've been through the ropes. Um, but then at some point it's like, okay, do I really want to be doing this the hard way for things? So, but,
0: the, right? <laughs> right, well, and the beauty of self-publishing is you can, you can also make a lot of expensive and time costly mistakes, right? So if you work with someone like you or me to guide you through the process, the hours and dollars that can get saved in the end, I would have hired someone like you for my first book. That would have been really smart. Um, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> like, <Thanks. laughs> uh, there's real value to having
1: a coach next mm-hmm. to you so that yeah. you get it as right as possible out, out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything? So I, I just love everything we've gotten to talk about today, this is such valuable information. Anything else that that we didn't get to that you wanna make sure that people know? Any bits of advice or anything? Um, I would say if you want to try it,
0: there's nothing that will stand in your way, right? Like you you can figure this out. If you can't afford a good illustrator, there are people out there who will teach you how to crowdfund. I see Kickstarters funded for books in a matter of days all mm-hmm. the time. Um, again, Kickstarter being an art and a science, get someone to guide you through it. Um, but there's always ways to, to kind of break through some of those initial barriers to publishing. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other thing I would say is no matter if you've gone through those barriers and you're ready to write and publish, no matter what your timeline is, like just tack on three to six months um, because-
1: <laughs> Oh man, this is so true. Because like it arbitrage... should be done in two months, right? Yeah. It should be done. Mm-hmm. It's like- no. No no, 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 <laughs> no.
0: Arbitrary uh, publishing dates, A, can be changed and B, will just make you nauseous as you get closer and closer and you're not ready. So like, just have a little grace with yourself and be ready to push the date out.
1: It's okay, the book will will come. Um, It's going to take longer than you think. Well, thank you so much for all of this, Colleen. Um, There's, if people wanna work with Colleen, there's a couple different ways you can do that, right? So we, she is, one of our um, experts that that we hire to work with our clients, so you can actually apply um, to publish with us or be coached by one of our um, one of our um, team members. And I I will put the link to that if you want to go through Greenheart Living. And you can also reach out to Colleen directly. Um, she's happy to talk with you um, and see what needs that you have because. Everybody has different needs. They might have already done one part, but not done another part of the book. And they might only need guidance on one little particular aspect, or they might need guidance on the whole thing. So we'll make sure we add those um, links underneath. Colleen, anything you want to share about how they contact you? Uh, The easiest way is through the contact button, which is all over my website at colleenbrunetti.com.
0: Awesome. And there's a tab for authors. You can just go right there and see,
1: see the services that I have. Thank you, Colleen, for taking the time today. I'm really grateful. Thank you. Always a pleasure.
0: To find out more about Green Heart Living, visit us on our website at www.greenheartliving.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash greenheartliving.